Yo, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Dan and the Creators. Today, our guest is a serious throwback buddy of mine. Um, he is a producer, a poet, and a singer-songwriter based out of Miami, Florida. Uh, please welcome my friend, Brandon Lubin. What's up, Brandon? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, man. What's up, Dan? Of course, man. Dude, just chilling here, just shooting it. Uh, man, I, I feel like I've known you pretty much my whole life since I was a kid. I mean... I think you have, man. I th- I think we've known each other for, I mean, so Sheridan, right? Yeah, like my pretty much my first encounter with people outside of the house and school <laughs> was um, around Cats at Sheridan, that of which you were leading at the time, I believe. That is crazy. Yeah, like that was my social circle outside of elementary school. Dude, man, we we used to wall out pretty hard though. Hell yeah. <laughs> your your uh your family man especially your your older brother mark mm-hmm. you guys were so funny <laughs> man <laughs> yeah my family is hilarious man i i feel like like people don't know about haitian culture at all and <laughs> no nah. my my favorite has to be you and your brother's impression of your dad's accent I think that that will forever be just burned into my memory. My dad, my dad is a very old school, conservative. Like, all right, I, I feel like this. Like, you know, I'm Red from that '70s show. Uh, if, I, if vaguely, if Red was like a, a old Haitian dude, that that joke would have like slapped a little better. But the point is, he's like a hard ass <laughs> Haitian dude. <laughs> Um, all his attitude is pumped, but he loves you so hard. You know what I mean? Like he he loves you so much that it will kill him. You know what I mean? Like literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Dude. But I dig it, man. Yeah, man. Uh, if so, let let's say let's say I know nothing about Haitian culture, mm-hmm. and there was there was one thing you'd be like, dude, you got to know about this thing. I'd be it. Like a practice or a food thing or like a, a mm-hmm. greeting, I don't know, like anything. What would be wow. what would be that thing I have to know? Well, like if you're invited to any like Haitian potluck, Haitian cookout, you sure. have to greet every person in that house. I don't care if it's a a twelve room mansion and there's like a hundred people in there. You greet everyone in the room, <laughs> everyone in the next room. You find somebody that you couldn't find in the bed, greet them too. And then you can have a seat, have a beverage, have a That's drink. crazy. Is it the same way of leaving? Oh yeah. <laughs> if if like half the family didn't leave, you know, before time. But it's just a lot of spunk, man. Like I get I, I think Haitian Haitians grow up very I guess I guess like a weird it's a weird form of sheltering. Um we are we obviously have that like Caribbean esque fling that flair to our culture, but that French influence kind of like romanticizes our culture a little. We're very passionate people, you know? Yeah. We're very passionate people. We're resilient as well. So all of that bleeds into like our, I guess, second generation. Because after our parents immigrated here, man, that was about it. Dude. Like, it kind of starts getting watered down. We get Americanized. But you still have that like, that residue left over from your grandparents, your ancestry. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a special thing. I mean, I, like, I mean, I'm definitely Americanized too, right? Like, my mm-hmm. dad's from Venezuela, mm-hmm. and I'm like the next kind of generation of that. 
but even on the heels of that, like I am so far removed in a few, quite a few ways from my heritage, mm -hmm. but I'm also, I still find, I still enjoy the connection to my fatherland and the culture. You know, I mean, I'm obsessed with food. Apparently all I do is talk <laughs> about it, but like, for instance, the, I really connect with my culture through our food. So mm -hmm. it's, it is good to like progress and move forward. But like what you're saying of like holding on to like your father, your grandfather, like where you come from, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it's cool. also like the tendencies and like the, 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 the nuances in language, like little slangs you pick up here and there as you're growing up. Yeah. Do you find yourself like, there are things that I know that are proper to say that I don't say on purpose. Mm hmm. <laughs> you find yourself doing that or whatever? Uh, a little bit. A little bit, but in, in what context, though? No, I just, like, even, um... So, like, like you, know, you know how, like, like Hispanics, Caribbeans, we're a little loud, you know? Uh-huh. There would be times where I definitely found myself, like, I should... I think social norms considering my current circumstances tell me that I should lower my voice but because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be loud and proud I'm literally going to be loud and proud <laughs> so it's just yeah, yeah. like when you're wilding out real hard with the boys or something at like Waffle House and right. it's like lowering your voice or whatever and you're just like ah just losing it you know yeah there's I mean there's there's um there's wisdom in like how you should operate in social environments obviously so I think um, that's probably that's probably a result of other things, though. Not just some. Um, I think you can find loud people in any culture, really. Yeah, I mean, there's totally there's, like there's loud Hispanics and um, Haitians, there's loud African Americans and Trinities and loud Irish and ooh Irish. I love Irish people. The Irish people are wild. <laughs> and I love my Irish folk, bro. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like. People. It just the loud sounds different. Like it's the tone that changes, but like the loud, like the decibel is still the same. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The decibels can go up, right? But if the tone gets wonky, mm -hmm. that's when it. That's when it gets uh, uh, iffy or whatever. Yeah, like EQ that out real quick. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell. There, that's like that was always weird too. Like growing up, it's like uh, you feel like the energy shift. Or whatever. I don't know a better way of saying that, but if, when when things are positive, to then when something becomes like derogatory or negative, you're just like, oh well, you can kind of tell. Yeah, because you start to feel drained. Um, you start, to, yeah, you, you can feel the vibe. You can see the change in the room. It's almost like I don't want to get too bigger, but like spirits travel, bro. Like moods travel, vibes travel. So intent <laughs> intention gets, I guess, revealed in very weird ways. So when you're in like a safe place. What does it matter? Monk friends, shit's cool. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, that was always, that's always like, uh, I wonder if that's like a human nature thing where you can sense that or if that's just something like, because like where we grew up in South Florida, there's just such a dynamic array of culture, especially yeah. if you want to be, like if you want to be super isolated, that is possible. Like mm -hmm. just your people. I mean, there is little Havana, there is little Haiti, there is like little Venezuela or Doral or whatever. There's like, there's spots where you can go and just never sure. speak English if you don't want to. But 
also if you want to get real diverse it's very easy to do so so like mm -hmm. you, you kind of learn that sixth sense of like sensing when something gets wonky just from even being around so many cultures it's very interesting yeah we definitely came up in a melting pot um and if you so decide to like be a part of that you know that that conglomerate of cultures bro you should develop a different layer of skin i mean what's derogatory to folk that come from a place where there is every kind of person because you've yeah. heard it all you've said it all so you kind of just like vibe after that you know what i mean totally like, i don't i don't i really don't know we're living in weird times bro because we called it political correctness now but now we got this whole thing with the whole cancel culture and yeah. like people being held accountable for words that they said goddamn 15 20 years ago <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's tragic, bro. Like I, you, you ever get the Facebook little reminder, memory posts? Oh, I'm, see crap that I, I you am posted shamed together? on a daily basis. Oh yeah. my goodness, I still get them from when I was in high school. I'm like, man, I was weird. But, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, if if I was held accountable for, I mean, God knows something I said a month ago, even like <laughs> be told, you know, like I'm a human and I make mistakes and I do really dumb things. Mm -hmm. And it's like if the microscope was on you 24 seven everyone would cancel everyone. I mean, we all do something that will offend someone or the wrong person at some point. Mm -hmm. It's just some of us are, I don't know if this is the right word, but fortunate enough to not have the microscope on us 24, seven hours, you know, seven days a week. Yeah. Did I say 24, seven hours? Holy, that's a weird day. It came out beautiful to my ears, bro. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Dude, so um, we were chatting earlier, and you were telling me you, you had just come off of working on three projects straight. Yeah, dude. Um, Holy crap. Tell me things. Well, it all, I, I guess I could put it like this, man. Um, You know, you have this, like, bucket list of things that you want to accomplish in your life. Mm -hmm. And I've always been, like, musically inclined. I started learning music when I was in sixth grade playing sax. So that skill has always been developing, and um going to Dillon Center for the Arts in high school, um, being under the direction of this guy named Christopher Dorsey. He pretty much put us on so much musical game, studying jazz, all the greats. Sick. And we studied a bunch of other guys too, man, like all the different genres, bossa nova, rock. Um, we studied heavy swing, all that kind of stuff. Though. Mm -hmm. So um, just learning that, like different music theories and learning from different artists. He was the man guy to tell us, like, you're not anybody until you sound like somebody. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Because... What a quote. Yeah, like, you know, just emulating and, and, and modeling after people that you admire, you know? Because we're all just a product of, like, our experiences and things we've listened to. Um, but I always was afraid to do music um, professionally for some reason. Hmm. Um, I think partly due to my upbringing... I was always discouraged, like, that was hip-hop. That I never wanted to, like, go away to college and, and perform jazz for the rest of my life. I found yeah. that to be a little depressing. <laughs> Not as fun. Yeah, yeah. So me being a black guy, I feel like hip-hop was always a good alternative. What's that stereotype of sell dope, rapper, go to NBA? <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. I tried all three. I'm just playing. Not really... <laughs> <laughs> but like it's all good man yeah man but um all jokes aside i was just always reluctant towards doing music probably because my dad just didn't encourage it you know sure. growing up with those weird daddy issues mm -hmm. um up until like i just got mature and confident one day 
after a bunch of experiences, I just said, fuck it. And then um, I started hanging out in studios and looking for, like, the right engineer that could, you know, I could mesh with really well, mm. which took a lot of time. And I went through a lot of, like, headache trying to find a good engineer to work with. Yeah. That shit is exhausting, bro, because, you know, people's intentions, intentions get blurred oftentimes when, I don't know. Totally, especially when money gets involved. Jeez, it's, mm-hmm. it's it gets really blurry really fast. Totally. But, yeah. But you found someone eventually. Yeah. I eventually did find somebody. Um, That's cool. It was heaven sent, bro. Like everything does work in its own timing. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, so like I ended up making. Um, well, I I ended up working at this local label in um, North Miami called Swim Production Label where they do all these cool productions for local artists, reggaeton artists, rappers and stuff. Oh, cool. Mm, it's a cool little gig, dude. Um, yeah. And I learned a lot of my... I didn't go to, like, full style university or school for production or anything, but I did learn um, how to translate my musical knowledge to the technology because I just needed, like, a to attach a visual to what I was hearing, you know what I mean? Mm, so I pretty yeah. much learned like produ- production and like engineering off the streets. Um, totally, mm-hmm. and got a lot of advice from good friends. And after about three years of just grinding it out, learning and learning and trying to get the sound right, me and my guy, we finally found a style that we we liked. And then uh, we just, I guess we were ahead of the game, man. Like I like to create to where I feel like I'm in the future. Um, yeah, cool. a lot of these songs have been in the works for years, man. Mm. Um, but I like to have my things organized, make sure that, you know, the artwork is ready. I got like a photographer homies that helped me out with teaching me how to use a camera. I didn't know how to use one, like seriously up until recently. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's like the more like positive energy you put out, I guess um, it comes back in weird ways. So yeah, um, I don't disagree with that. So uh, long story short, I released the... The first project was entitled Narrow Path 1, familiar theme. Um, The second project was entitled Narrow Path 2, and the the latest one is called Sapien, which is pretty very, well, pretty much intentional. I just wanted to talk about, like, what I thought about being human, my human experience. And I'm here now, man, like, just mentally exhausted. I'm taking, like, a musical vacation. Doing a few shows here and there, performances yeah, here and it. there. Yeah. Friends like yourself are asking me to do podcasts, and I find it a uh, it's very fun, man. I, I I'm enjoying the process. That's cool, man. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, man. So the what's um, forgot. So you said you said engineer specifically. So like your buddy is an engineer, and you you pr- like purely just produce, or do you find yourself like finding sounds and like still turning knobs and this sort of thing or is it very like one role versus the other like you ever hop on the desk or how does that like what's your key me into some of your like creative workflow if you feel comfortable doing so um totally comfortable like uh well i'm i am a musician so everything that i knew in regards to like woodwind instruments brass instruments pianos Mm. drums i just translated it to a keyboard and a npc man so Started playing with some drum sounds. I bought a laptop one day, messed with GarageBand a little bit with the knobs, figured out how to compress, raise levels and all that. But then my shit was all like distorted, man. So <laughs> 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 it wasn't working out. But like I was getting better, you know, things that I was learning online. 
yeah, I'm just yeah. experimenting and I was I was getting good. Um, which is pretty much narrow path one. Like a lot of that project is self produced. Mm-hmm. Um and like some friends that I made along the way helped me with the tail end. But like the I I write too, bro. So your brain working both ways is kinda hard, man. Like it is, yeah. And and the kind of way I, I choose to write, you know what I mean? Like I'm a very I guess technical kind of poet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid rap because it sounds urban, you know. But like, poet sounds so. Uh, hmm. <laughs> nah, but like. Pinky up, bro. Yeah, man. You gotta sip your tea. <laughs> you gotta sip the tea. But okay. like, it, it was hard, man. It was hard doing everything myself, like yeah. as a as an indie artist. So I wanted to make some friends and like just spread the love, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I mean. Uh, I I empathize not to make this about me by any stretch of the imagination, but I do relate in a cool way because I feel like I went to school for jazz as well, mm. and like it is cool to like I wasn't proficient in any like brass or woodwinds or anything, mm-hmm. uh, and I do think that is a massive massive like head start that like any brass guys have, especially if you're a jazz major, because like any any um any chair like if you're tenor you have to double on clarinet like mm-hmm. you have to do a bunch of other stuff and then like all my friends that were in school um were also like crazy good piano players and like jazz is so freaking hard like it's not like oh here's a c major scale it's like oh these borrowed chords from this other thing based off of the this key or it's like dude you're like they were doing two fives everywhere and i'm just like yo I like the major seven chord, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is cool then to, to join that with like the technology thing. I mean, did you feel like once you started getting a grasp on it, you were just like taken off? I think it was more so like a gradual growth. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause, I, Cause yeah, man, like you do, you do suck at first, like everything. Like I was horrible at first, but I did just have a, a passion. And I really just, I really, really wanted to scratch music off my bucket list. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have felt complete in my adult life if I hadn't tried, you know. And I wasn't trying to do anything extravagant. I was just trying to express myself. Yeah. But, um, when you rob like an artist of their creative outlet, it kind of like, I don't know, man. It, what, what, what they say about toddlers, like idle, idle hands. I don't know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like when you have, when you have shit to do, bro, you get get into shit so you get into troll yeah man i feel that yeah it's it's definitely i don't know too like i don't know if you were saying this but i felt like you're almost touching on it but there's something like like i I definitely think everyone's created to create in some degree Mm -hmm. but specifically talking about uh musical or artistic creativity there's something that happens where it's like if you're not making that like you become destructive in some capacity yeah. Either self or external, either physically or emotionally. Well, I but... think about our favorite, our favorite artists, um, be it rock or hip hop. Like I'm thinking about Jimi Hendrix right now or, mm. or Marvin Gaye. Whenever they weren't creating, bro, they were always getting into some like scandal with some bimbo yeah. or like, like drug issues and shooting up and all this wild stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean... I, this is this is probably horrible to say, but the upside to that would be uh, it made for really good art. 
<laughs> uh, dude, the tormented soul, bro. I'm with it. Yeah, it's crazy how that works out. I mean, I find myself so I do a decent bit more writing uh, these days, and I, I, awesome. there are days where I know it's just not going to work. Like, because I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not some proficient writer. I I know enough about myself to know that today won't work because I can't become sad enough. <laughs> you know, like. Um, I, based on what it is that I have to do, are I'm you able to like tap into emotions? Yeah, man. Like depending on what it is, you know, like if I'm mm-hmm. right, like if I want to write something that's more like aggressive, mm-hmm. and I and there's like maybe a vision of what we're going to say, or what I'm trying to say, but it needs to be aggressive in that context. I need to be angry at that thing. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. not because I want to be angry. It's just like it wouldn't make the, sense without the context of the song. Like if you weren't, if you, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say I like to make angry things sound happy. Oh yeah, it's the best. <laughs> but that's not the point, really. It's just like you want to do. You really want to like zero in on that emotion that you felt when you felt it. But getting yeah. it to translate through the mic is the hardest part. Totally, and and like, and there's definitely time to suss out things on the back end like i like to make sad things sound happy too right or angry things sound happy right kind of same Mm -hmm. sort of vibe Mm -hmm. but uh and i don't mind revisiting things but it's like like i wrote um i have some i have a buddy uh we're we're gonna be starting something really soon i don't know if he wants me talking about it or not but i'll talk about it anyways we're doing this (laughs) thing uh name I won't say the name, but basically we're going to create like mixtapes and there'll be like a collective with a certain number of creators, Mm -hmm. uh, each volume and each volume that releases will be towards a nonprofit that is uh, pointed at and raising funds towards like um, for like black, like, basically black lives matter causes or like Mm -hmm. the interest of people of color. So if there's like a school that's in the inner city that needs money for like pencils and shit, we're going to give money to that thing with the money that we make from, you know, that mixtape or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my buddy and I were talking about this, like in the inception of the idea, like he had the idea, he was communicating it with me. And I was really getting on board and it was like a night that I happened to be really angry just about obviously everything that's happening in the world right now. And just truthfully, even being in the center of some unfortunate uh, scenarios, just because of even where I live geographically and truth be told. Yeah. And um, without being too like specific, essentially I just got really mad and I, I wrote a song with the, and I mean, I was, fine the next day I wasn't angry the next day but like all of my frustration towards this thing of just like you fucking kidding me that we can't treat people equally yet like just (laughs) that thing and I just funneled it into a tiny little hole and it just made it made for what I think is a pretty cool thing and it translates in the timbre of my voice because I was fucking mad (laughs) yeah and like, if I tried to make that song today, it would sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad. And I and I and I totally get that. Well, like, 
feelings are fleeting, right? Like I don't, I think, I think emotions are there for a reason, but they shouldn't guide that. They shouldn't guide your actions ultimately in, in, in how you speak. So, but they, they're there for a reason. Um, Mm -hmm. Boy, I, I feel things a lot, Mm -hmm. but my, but I feel like whenever I release a song or a project, a body of work that encapsulates all of those emotions that I felt over the year or year and a half, however long mm-hmm. it took to make the project, mm-hmm. I literally feel weight whenever I just push that submit button on DistroKid, dude. Mm. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like, like, almost like, because I can't control it anymore, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, I, I'm the kind of person who will put his own, all his shit out there so no one can't say anything about him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the first stone and throw it at myself. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Smash the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, like let the mirror smash, bro. Yeah. Um, but there's a sense of relief in that for me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. I don't know if it's a healthy thing exactly, but Oh, I, I, think, I think it is. I definitely think putting some, just putting something out there is is you have all this anticipation and build up. I think it's totally normal. I think a lot of people experience that. Um and um, then you have the the nerves of the build up and then like the mm-hmm. fear of rejection. I think that is very real that a lot oh, of yeah. people face or either don't face but are feeling um that's a big one yeah it's pretty i mean it's very nuanced to release something like i mean also i mean i don't like to be frank i don't know if it's weird talking about this being that i'm not a black dude (laughs) a black dude and i'm mad like i don't know if that's like not cool or not it's it's not uncool it's it's and I'm not, I'm not acting like it's nothing either. I I want to just normalize, bro. You know, I'm I'm tr- I'm even trying hard these days to not even use the words white or black anymore because I'm realizing the weight they hold in 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 um mm. in dialogue, dude. Like because those words are social construct words and they don't really define someone's culture or 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 ethnicity mm-hmm. or like. Bro, like all skin folk and kin folk, man. Like you, you mentioned like raising money to donate towards the cause of Black Lives Matter, and I, I'm all for that. But I got, I was watching Shameless earlier, horrible example. But I was watching Shameless earlier, and there's like, I'm watching like these ghetto white kids go through the wire. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> just give it to somebody poor. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I I'm really trying to. I hate that people's color. Like the color of our skin is being reduced to conversation as if <laughs> number one, I hate people that I hate seeing people that look like me being murdered on the news all the time. That's what I hate. Two, yeah. I hate that it's not understood. Like simple concepts, like you would think at our big ass age, simple things like don't do that, put that back, <laughs> that's not yours, be yeah. nice. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like simple ideas, bro, are not are not well received by big ass people. So, are we like? I guess we get older, but don't grow up. Like, I don't. I think I think disappointment is really what I felt in this season. Not not so much anger. I've been angry before, but I haven't been I haven't been as angry this time around. I was very disappointed this time around because mm. it is it is America, bro. Like I don't think this there, there there's gonna be more. Like you can't. You can't pe- put a bunch of people that look different in the same place and not expect 
an, an issue or a disagreement, whether it be over the size of your nose or the color of your eye or what kind of food you cook and how spicy or sweet it is. I think human beings are just um, naturally depraved and uh, we don't have a choice but to like growl at each other for no reason. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for clarifying, you know, I, I ultimately, I think, I, I think really similarly and along the lines of the problem we have is just a human condition problem. Yeah. I think, I mean, where we grew up, dude, I saw black kids beat the fuck out of Haitian kids, you know, because they weren't black enough, you know. Mm -hmm. They called my mom a coconut because she spoke with proper grammar. Yeah, I mean, that's like absolute insanity. You hear me? And I think there's, I mean, I played, <laughs> I played soccer with this kid, this Brazilian kid. We just beat the fuck out of anyone if they were Argentinian. Like literally, Jesus Christ! You could see this kid from like a mile away, <laughs> and before the game started, he's like, "I'm going to get in a fight with that kid," and he did like, every, time. Nobody, every time. nobody was like, "My therapist says and nothing." <laughs> yeah, it's like like literally, just every single time, mm. and it's just you know that's what. But someone would say, well, you're both from South America. What could possibly be the issue? You know, and it's, <laughs> I think like, it's proximity. Like, it's, it, it, well, there's no one correct answer, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and, and I think that's kind of the, the deepest empathy of, of saying it is a human condition, you know? Um, but when, when pride and egos get in the way, well, when you're in defense of your, when you're in defense of your cause, I'll, I'll say, when you're in defense of your cause, you can't help but um, find a rebuttal to us to an answer that kind of like um, settles both sides. You know, hmm. like I, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it was some like law official that said um, uh, a, a compromise is when both sides feel fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines, you know, so. I don't think people know how I don't I think people attach feelings to to um how how can I say it, bro? I don't want to butcher the point, but if like people can get their heads out their asses and just like do what's right, stop like thinking so much, I think the world would be a lot better, man. Yeah. Um but they will use that like, oh, it's just a it's a it's a human issue, like that that those words they'll use that against you just because people want to find things to argue about. They don't yeah, want to find I solutions. Mean... And that's that's kind of why I circle back. Like I appreciate you even saying something like, "Well, it doesn't need to be, you know, give it to poor people, or whatever." And I mean, I would love to just make something that focused on that. But I feel like right now there is an injustice that has the social magnifying glass on it, mm -hmm. and I want to and I want to do my best to give give people who have been ignored and um like mistreated mm -hmm. i want to support them while they have the attention of the nation people are giving them attention and, they deserve you know like yes and and and, and exactly what's being talked about um change needs to occur um because all of the things that are being talked about everybody's valid dude like it's it's a shame that um it's a shame that Every black person doesn't move the same. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I want 
black culture succeeds so much, but because the odds are against, like, because this shit is so systematically against a certain kind of people, mm. like, it goes, it goes far beyond physical oppression and putting niggas in chains, excuse my French, but, like, it, it goes far beyond just physically oppressing people. They find ways to trick you into thinking that that's who you're supposed to be. Um, mm. And it's bigger than just, oh, hmm. And I'm trying to be so careful when I say this, because yes, slavery is the main cause of it, but that mental conditioning is um MF, man. Like undoing the mental part of it is what's causing the issue. Convincing, mm. convincing a whole, I like I ID less, <laughs> like a, a like a whole group of people who lack an identity, who don't have their mm. own language or way of life. Um, who've been at the bottom of the totem pole, um, who don't have the resources to provide the education to inspire the will to want to create change, you know, internally and externally. Like, there's so many ways you can come at it. <sighs> and then on top of that, you have people who immigrate here who look like the people who were oppressed here originally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, natives included. Yeah, but that's a different conversation for another day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so heavy. It's so. I'm sorry. That's literally the best <laughs> I can do. I mean, you know, I, I wish I had better words. I wish I could be a better friend in it. I wish I understood and had solutions. I really don't. No, nah, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm really just trying to preach resilience. You know, what I mean, like, I would, I will never. I will never play the victim, you know, like I think victimization is a form of weakness. Um, and so long as mm -hmm. you can fight, you should fight. And mm -hmm. not all, I don't know who said, yeah, Saba said this, but like not fight don't always mean fists, you know, like if, mm -hmm. if, if collectively <laughs> it's hard dude. like, it's, it's really hard to undo miseducation, but if we could collectively figure out, like to just create, like make black culture a symbol, like a machine of just like what I mean, black culture, we build, you know what I mean? Like we, we create, like that's naturally mm -hmm. what African-Americans have done in this country. That's, that was build and, and produce mm -hmm. and, and create. And so um, I think that, that we should continue doing that just in a, in a better fashion like like since we have the spotlight it's definitely necessary to take action um because now we have such a big tidal wave in our favor i don't know um i hope it doesn't pass by like come election time i'm so confused dude <laughs> when it when it like it it seems like a movie doesn't it yeah no this this see <laughs> i've heard it called a simulation and i wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with the feeling. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not even trying to be like weird about it, but the, the biggest, your wildest, your wildest dream, um, your wildest like political nightmare that you could have like imagined in your head. And then you like create a comic book story about it. You sell it at a store. This thing is happening, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. It really is. It's it's kind of bizarre. It feels like life has been happening this whole time, but something has happened and everything has really shifted dramatically. And it's like you can see that like 
how much our leaders don't listen to us and how much there there really are people kind of behind the scenes doing whatever they want with the country or with medicine or with access to mm-hmm. education. Dude, there's a, I, I follow, I got a buddy on Instagram. Uh, his, his handles like uncommon gen He's one of my, my buddies from South Florida. His name's Jose Pagan. Mm-hmm. And um, he, uh, he's super into like stocks and like cryptocurrency and stuff. Sorry. Um, and he, I mean, he's really into jujitsu too. So we, we definitely vibe on that, but he's like, I'm learning a little bit from him with the stock stuff. And I saw him post something where it was like, there's like a blatant, like blatant evil use of like the stock market where they like all of a sudden these super rich people swoop up just thousands and thousands and thousands of shares of this one stock. And then it doubles in value overnight, and then they all sell it. It's like they know that it's going to be not worth something and then go up in value. And I'm doing a very, very bad job of communicating. I get what the, you're saying. The pattern. But he was like, like but, dude, like saying, like, guys, look. And he even put screenshots of, like, yeah. the transactions or whatever. And you look at it, you're just like, holy fuck. This is like... Yeah, being able to see that value curve before it actually hits the market. Yeah, and th- and like people literally like this guy bought this much and then sold this much for, you know, three times the profit or something just absolutely berserk. Yeah. And you're just like, I mean, yeah, the, the the people who are, I guess, in charge or make calling all the shots, they don't care about us. <laughs> but like someone, sh- like someone shouldn't have all that power. Cause I I I, I it, like I've never been able to see a country shut down so fast. Like you can't convince a, a South Floridian to to even fill their gas tank up when they know a Cat Three is coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like the whole wear a mask thing, and I was trying to go to IKEA the other day, and there's like a line wrapped around the building because they only let like two people in at a time. <laughs> it's like. I, like, how fast can you actually implement law? Oh, oh, that fast, Mister Government? I didn't know you could make it happen that fast. Yeah, when they want it, right? When they want it, when it's, when it's in their favor. Yeah. I actually thought well, of a point, but hopefully, in this case, it's for everyone's safety. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, and that's a that's always gonna bum me out a little bit too. Is like the whole this whole thing, everything has has to feel so politically charged you know and it I, I don't know that it does you know like for instance the mask thing it's like guess what i have friends who's like i have a friend in particular whose dad is like literally just alive because of a machine because corona has is killing him mm. and it's like well i'm fine but guess what I'm gonna wear this stupid piece of material over my face because I would be very, very, very sad if I was the reason that my friend's dad. Oh, for sure. Is, you know, like it's just like on the off chance that <laughs> that it does happen to someone that I care about, you know, or someone that someone else cares about. Hell I'm yeah, just gonna tip in, you know, like whatever. It's definitely care. like the mask is definitely a form of manners today. Yeah, I mean, like you really know right? who are real assholes out in public. <laughs> 
when you see that one guy is walking, like, I get that. Dude, what's what's your in your mind? <laughs> I don't know if this is something to put on a podcast, but in your mind, what is the stereotypical person who doesn't wear a mask? What do they look like? Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's oh, I have a horrible imagination. I don't know. I don't know. He was some biker guy, man. I don't know. A biker guy. A biker, nice. A biker guy. Right. Does he have does he have a big jacket? Is it leather? He has a headband on and you know some sunglasses. Headband. Mustache? Oh maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, mustache. Mustache. Yeah, does now you said he, so it's a dude. Is he oh, no. <laughs> with another dude riding in the back? Or does he have a chick in the back? How, what are we talking about? Oh here? Lord. Oh well yeah, he got his main lady, his main thing with her. His main thing. Does he have a sidecar on his motorcycle? This is, hor- this is the next. It's horrible, in that job, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible, horrible at this. <laughs> no, nah, but wear your mask, guys. You know, it's super. Um, yeah, it's common courtesy. Yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah, it's not a big a deal. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Four anyways. years. I know, man. Uh, well, thanks for your patience with me with even that conversation. I feel like. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I want to be, I, I want to be sensitive. I don't want to be ignorant and I want to be willing to have that conversation. And I'd love for someone to tell me, you know, if I'm wrong, Bro, like I the- want to be able to build family guy cutaway scenes with my dogs. You know what I mean? Like in dialogue, <laughs> a thought bubble comes out. Let's build a story and just build off that shit. Cause it's funny. It has nothing to do with hate. And, but I just, I, I can't, what, see, like, cause what we we we've existed in a society where it wasn't like that. Yeah, you know I mean, I guess that's where the hesitation comes. Or that, not the hesitation, because we you know we we like to be uniform. You know, we have manners, but we're still gonna talk shit. Yeah, you know I mean, like, hey, uh. <laughs> like what the fuck this mask? Like, what? Is, I'm not a nurse. Like, I'm I'm not going into surgery. But and then knowing knowing damn well, like, it doesn't. It it's a it's like your. Like I'm seeing all of these like makeshift masks that you online tutorials on how to make masks and people are make at home making hand sanitizers that uh, look be kind and courteous, but at the same time make your jokes. Everything is um, within good intent. So Well truthfully I was referring to our conversation before the biker conversation, but you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, my fault. No, you're good. <laughs> Not my fault at all. I was just, you know, trying to trying to be courteous but also you know say thanks yeah word keep keep, keep me hit man i want to be sensitive hell yeah but um let's we call it so what uh i know you're on like musical vacation or whatever mm-hmm. um and if you can avoid all the the biker dudes with no masks on <laughs> what uh what does your vacation entail what's something that you're lo- really looking forward to either doing or not doing um i kind of just want to like travel dude i want to i enjoy just like road trips, driving across. Yeah. I won't say cross country because the farthest I've ever driven was like Tennessee, if I'm being honest. Ironically, you're in Nashville, right? Dude, let's go. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, man. The, come hang out. Yeah, that's the farthest I've ever driven. So I'm, I think I'd be okay. down. And my lady's all yeah. into like road scenery too. Yo, I just, Dude. what's that? That uh, that that uh, Crombin and Leon Bridges album? Uh, it's called Texas Sun, but it's a really good, it's like a four track EP. Oh, sick. It's the perfect music to like listen to when you're on a road trip, but. Dude, I love Leon Bridges, but I am not super hip with, to his entire catalog. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. You'll have to send me that. I'll send you that project. Yes, though. 
Yeah, um, oh yeah. But yeah, I enjoy. Um, oh, I forget what I was saying, bro. Some tra- basically like you're looking forward to doing some travel. Oh yeah, travel a little bit and then um just consume a little bit, man. Like I haven't really looked for new music in a long time, and there's a mm. lo- there's been a lot of new um art coming out these days. Yeah. Um, a lot of my favorite artists are dropping new things. What's so, what's something I should be listening to? Um, well, Lupe just dropped something. Lupe Fiasco. Mm, this guy, Kid yeah. Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's st- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still going pretty strong, dude. And he has this. He has like a really short project called House. Um, and he has a song about dinosaurs, <laughs> but he, he does it in a Lupe way. I don't know. It's a really big metaphor for just him being an old cat in the game and like how everything old gives to the future and provides. Mm. Mm. Um, Odyssey, another one of my favorite rappers, he dropped the project after being on vacation for like three years. So, um, yeah, odd, odd. O D D I S E E, odd I C. Yeah, man. Uh, just a couple. Just a couple guys who um are socially inclined. You know what I mean? Dude, hell yeah. And hell yeah. Are also good, really good musicians. I think Odyssey is also self-produced as well. He produces all his own shit. Um, so cool. It's pretty tight. Dude, I love that too, man. A lot of these like really respectful dudes who have been in it and, and gals who have been in it for a hot minute mm-hmm. are really proficient on their own. And I think sometimes they're like sleepers. Like you kind of don't expect it. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. They made what? Oh, sick. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's That's going to be me, a dinosaur one day. Like, no, <sighs> just do this thing backwards. <laughs> and then they do it and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that Every Benjamin Button, dude. <laughs> you got to hit him with that Benjamin Button. No, but like I I, you want to like leave something behind, you know. I think mm. ultimately, I I think that's what a bucket list is—just leaving, if not an experience or a story, just something tangible behind, man, that'll speak to the generation after you. Mm. What uh, if if you could? I mean, we're pretty young, mm-hmm. but if there was something that you could see already, your life in the trajectory of a legacy, what would be something that you'd love to like leave behind, even as you see it now, you know? I want to leave behind a house for my people to stay in. <laughs> I want to yeah. like, just have some land, bro. Like mm. a good piece of land that my family can just be. They won't have to worry about a mortgage after I'm going. Like norm- yeah. normal stuff like that, you know? It sounds yeah. righteous but and corny at the same time. No, man. I mean, like, when I think about legacy, my brain goes two ways. Mm-hmm. I think about my kids because they're around my balding ass every day, you know? So when <laughs> I scream at them or give them a hug or whatever, it's it's all the same thing. It's part of part. It's part of my thumbprint on the planet. Yeah. But then I also think about my art, you know? Like, how is it that I'm sewing into other creatives? Like, I don't know. I've always prided myself in... I don't like I don't make a kajillion dollars doing music mm-hmm. and like dude I'm not going to front like most of the music I make or ha- I have the honor of being a part of is actually like really cool. Yeah. Like I never I never found that gig that paid a ton of money but was like the music was like bad but the hang's good and the money's great, you know, like right. 
I never found that gig. And so I've been building whatever it is that I'm currently in the midst of on the heels of connecting with artists who really believed that I care about them and their art. And I feel like as a consequence, the music that I get, I have the honor of being a part of is, is something that I'm like, I would listen to this. This is cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, do you, do you catch yourself listening back often to um, art that you've made old and new? Do I find, um, not often, but when it does come back, I've, I've also learned to like, not critique old work Mm -hmm. very heavily. Like if I hear something that I did five years ago, I say, oh, that's a cool song or what a cool part. I don't look at the things that are like, oh, my God, I was so bad at this. Thing. Like, yeah, well, duh, <laughs> five years ago, of course, I sucked at that. You know, yeah, I've been working at it for five years. Mm-hmm. So I definitely when it does come up, I, 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 I will hear something and like check it out and be like, Usually I'm pretty into it. That speaks to me <laughs> for sure. Cause I'm super like hypercritical. Of, you know, I love the particulars. Um, but I think, um, the beauty in it is having that, that, that bread, that bread trail, you know, of just mm. art and being mm-hmm. able to see where you came from. Your growth. Yeah. yeah like, and, and for whatever it's worth too, like, sorry to cut you off, mm-hmm. but like to encourage you that thing of like, Oh God, that was terrible. If it's used as a motivator, that's good, man. Lean into that. Just don't let it hurt you or damage your I hear that. Uh, view of yourself or like your progress. You know, if if that sort of like kick in the ass is what makes you get better, a little bit of that is is a good thing. Mm-hmm. There's um, still a like I know that you have this too, but there are songs that some people just will never hear because you just oh yeah you couldn't get Darn. that mix right or whatever you couldn't get that mm-hmm. kick to hear whatever it was. Mm-hmm. man and then like i i that resonates but that's like that fire under my body and that's gonna like spur the next best mix or the next mixing mm-hmm. style like i i enjoy it like i enjoy sucking if that makes like i, I love being a student of the game you know yeah i mean that's gary v says that shit all the time you gotta fall in love with the hustle like the process <laughs> yeah dude. Or however he says it with his really cool gray and black haircut uh it's like yeah if, if you fall in love with which i i mean i don't i don't know anymore i'm tired but mm. it's like i definitely feel like um you, you do have to have the process and if you can find joy in the process you'll you'll continue to do it <laughs> right and that's who you so know you just, um, yeah. who has longevity mm-hmm. especially well quality and longevity because some people are in this for like there are some like I, I know professional students like professional college students people just like go to college forever and never get a degree or they have like <laughs> or they get 20 degrees whatever yeah i don't think i mean whatever whatever floats your boat man whatever satisfactory like i think some people do treat it just as a hobby but i yeah. feel like if i'm gonna um if i'm gonna like if I'm gonna like broadcast all this heartbreaking uh life experience, all this family stuff, I might as well like try to make up work doing it. Yeah, I mean it's like collective change, why not? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too, is like if on the heels of that it's like if you are trying to get better, you're gonna hear those things, you're gonna critique yourself and then you're gonna grow. And if you really are having fun and enjoying it, you'll stick it out. And then it's the type of thing where it's like, well, if you keep growing and you keep sticking it out, 
yeah, you are going to listen 10 years later and be like, oh my gosh, that thing I made, this was cool, that was cool, this whole thing sounds like dog shit, mm -hmm. but man, I'm grateful to be whatever this is now, you know? Yeah. And then it, that will con kind of continue to oscillate and you'll have that thing or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it's too tangenty. Well, anyways, dude, uh, we're, we're getting to the point where this thing's going to kick us off, man. So mm -hmm. um, what's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this bad boy up. But before we do that, Dear sweet young Brandon, how about you let our friends know where they can find you? Um, well, you guys can find me under my artist name, which is spelled U-N-K-W-N, Brandon, like my first name, unknown Brandon. So anywhere at U-N-K-W-N, Brandon. For Twitter, it's uh, underscore U-N-K-W-N, Brandon. Um, and I also have... Uh, album out there that you guys are more than welcome to stream and listen to. Stream it! You can stream it it's everywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't have to stream it. Some, you know, go take it off SoundCloud, steal it. I don't give a crap. However you gotta get Yo, it. No, stream it a lot or buy it. <laughs> Ignore him. Yeah. Play it a lot. Um, That's about it, man. I'm a pretty simple cat. I'm just out here just making art. Dude, I love it, man. Thank you for um, having me on here, man. Dude, of course, man. And seriously, thanks for thanks for going in the bushes with me. I'll be sure to say hello and goodbye to every single person at the next party I go to. And I'll tell them <laughs> that Brandon said if I didn't do it, I couldn't be Haitian. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you gotta give me some Venezuelan tips as well, man. Oh bro. I need some food spots or something. Oh yeah. Oh, man, you're in the heart of it, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to call you later. There's some <laughs> spots you got to go to. Have you heard of Vicky's Bakery yet? Yeah, man, I've been there. Oh, my gosh, bro. That Great coffee. Fucking slaps. <laughs> do, you go to, do you go to Sedano's at all? Sedano's, yeah, man. I get my spices from there. You know what I mean? Hey. Better, you got to get a cafecito, bro. Yeah, You got to get the coffee at the counter. They do it right. Sedano's, the, the dirtier and messier it is, the better the coffee. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, you know, COVID might make everything really clean. So, you know, I don't know what that does to the quality of stuff. But we'll I remember when COVID, <laughs> when COVID first became a thing, you would walk into like a random store and like you could smell the bleach in the AC vents from all the sanitization. <laughs> Your shit is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, appreciate you, man. And uh, I'll definitely hit you up. We'll catch you later. All right. Thank you for having me again, man. I appreciate you. Of course, man. It's an honor to have you, bro. I'll catch you later. All right, man.